Welcome to the Space for Magic podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to receiving all the gifts the universe has for us. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive coach. Using a blend of common sense, brain science, and just a dash of magic, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lennon, and we have been talking a lot about working with spirit guides and angels over the past weeks. And there's one piece of that puzzle that I haven't really zeroed in on a lot, which is speaking to your loved ones. A lot of times, our motivation for connecting with our loved ones on the that are on the other side of the veil is different than when we're talking to our spirit guides and angels. I find that with my spirit guides, I'm usually connecting with them to get guidance, to go in a certain direction. And certainly I, at this point, I do talk to my mom and dad about that as well. And with my angels, it's usually a need for comfort or a sense of needing to feel protected and safe. But with my loved ones, a lot of the time, it's to continue that relationship that we had when they were in the physical form on the planet, right? It's that we want to continue having discussions, in my case, with my mother and father, with my aunt, with my grandparents. And I find that with a lot of people, that's similar. I remember after my mom passed, one of my friends said to me um, when she was concerned that one of her parents was going to pass. And and to this day, they haven't. (laughs) So sometimes the things we worry about, a lot of the times the things we worry about really are not things that are going to actually happen in the near future. And I was, you know, doing my best to give her comfort. And she said, well, it's different for you because you can talk to your mother. Meaning I could wrap my head around the loss of a parent easier because I knew I'd continue that conversation with them. And to that, yes and no. If you've already had the opportunity to connect to a loved one, especially a parent that you miss, you know that there is a lot of comfort in it. But there's also still, you know, the the missing of the physical piece of having the hugs and having their physical presence. So I don't want to claim that it just, you know, completely replaces the experience of having a physical parent or loved one on the planet, but it is better in some ways in that they are available pretty regularly. (laughs) They're not always there the way that your spirit guides and angels are for different reasons that I don't necessarily understand, but they can be there much more often and they also come without their stuff if they're fully on the other side of the veil, meaning they've healed from their crossing and they are in the evolved state of being in, you know, what I consider to be heaven, but, you know, the other side, they're able to really, you know, hold the space for you as you without bringing their relationship to you into it. Meaning, you know, when my mom was on the planet, she worried about me a lot. She doesn't really worry about me now that she's on the other side of the veil because her experience and her understanding of this life journey just looks different. So 
I thought it would be helpful to share my first really deep connection with loved ones that I experienced in a very tangible way. And it came through my mother's experience. So as I shared, she had, um, she, when she crossed, she crossed with complications that, um, you know, her physical body died as a result of cancer. So her cancer journey had started three years before she crossed. And it was a very painful process when she was first diagnosed with lung cancer because she did have to have surgery, lung surgery. But right before she was supposed to go in for surgery, she fell and broke her hip. And a pin was placed in her hip to heal, to take care of it. But the pin slipped and it was causing her a lot of pain. And she went to see her doctor and in consultation with the oncologist, they determined that a hip replacement was necessary, but the delay in what it would take for her to start chemo, to do the lung surgery and start chemo was too risky because the lung cancer was too fast moving. So it was determined that she would stay with the pin in her hip that was misplaced, that was really touching a nerve ending. And it was quite painful that she she was given the option, but she chose to go through with it and go through the surgery and go through the chemo, which was going to be a total of three months, and then have the hip replacement. And the reason I'm telling you all this is she was in a fairly high level of pain that was unusual and also that couldn't be treated the way it might be treated in other circumstances because of her unique condition. Meaning they could, while she was going through chemo, they really couldn't give her the kind of painkillers that might offset the pain. But she was a really, a, a trooper and she never complained. But one day we were in the hospital and she sat down in a chair and I just saw, you know, her whole body wince. And, and I just could tell that the, at that point, everything was just really taking its toll on her body. And then all of a sudden, I saw this person appear, you know, not in a physical form, you know, not certainly not a, a person in the physical, I should say, but I could see them very clearly. And it had been clearer than I'd really ever seen other beings before. And this was quite a while ago now. At the time that I'm recording this podcast, this would have been, you know, 13 years ago. So, you know, very early on in my journey of, learning to use my gifts and understanding how they worked. This person appeared very clearly and they were dressed in an appearance that I was quite dated. So it looked like it was maybe from the 40s. I couldn't tell exactly, not being a fashion expert, but based on her dress, that's what I would have placed or maybe the 30s or the 40s. And I saw as she put her hands on my mother's shoulder, my whole mother's body relaxed. Like it was just so clear that she was doing something for my mother. And my mother, being raised and being a practicing Catholic, really didn't engage this kind of spirit work. You know, she went to church, she prayed, she prayed the rosary. So she certainly asked for the intervention of Jesus's mother, Mary. She would pray to St. Anthony. She had a, a couple of other saints that she prayed to, but she didn't really sort of 
lean into the spirit guide. Um, she definitely believed in angels and, and she understood our loved ones. She had faith that our loved ones did go to be with God. You know, that was her understanding, but certainly interacting with them wasn't part of her, her religious or her spiritual practices. So it was very tentative to share with her what I was seeing, but I was fairly certain it was her mother simply because I didn't recognize the face, but there was something about it that told me this was a relative of ours. And so I asked my mom, you know, hey, there's someone here. And at this point, she did know that I was starting to have these gifts and she did have a curiosity about them. She didn't think they were necessarily evil or you know, but she also didn't necessarily believe they were real. And I said, there's someone here. Can I tell you what she looks like? I think it might be grandma. And my mom agreed. And I said, she put her hands on your shoulders a few minutes ago. And I just noticed that you did have a different, there was something happening in your body. You seemed to relax. Did you feel something? And she confirmed that she did. So as I explained what this person looked like, she said, oh no, that's my sister, Anne. She knew right away. As I described the dress, she knew exactly what dress it had been. Just everything that I was seeing. Now, I had never met my Aunt Anne. She died young. And my male name, Anne, is after her. But because of the time and the level of money that they had, there just weren't a lot of pictures and certainly no color pictures. So I would have had no way of knowing this. So for me, it was a really interesting process to really see something, be able to describe it to someone that I knew was not necessarily like, you know, a total cynic, but didn't believe the way I did in what was happening. And she immediately understood it. Now my my aunt, her sister, had died from you know a painful disease, a, a disease that deteriorated her body, I would say. Not, I don't know how much pain she was in. So it would make sense that she was the one that could come and offer physical comfort, or at least it made sense to me. And I think my mom was a little disappointed that it wasn't her mother, that it wasn't my grandmother, because like me, she had had a great mother. She had had a mother that you know, gave her comfort. And she was lucky enough to have her for a very long time. My grandmother died in her 90s and um, she missed her, you know, and I'm sure that's who she really wanted at that point. Well, this is, you know, exactly how it works when we, when we desire to have that close relationship with someone on the other side of the veil. It's that simple desire that calls them forward. You don't need special words or special gifts or a special understanding of how it works. And pretty soon, I don't remember if it was that day or soon after, but pretty soon my grandmother started coming with my Aunt Anne and they were always there. Whenever my mom needed them or whenever she was getting one of her treatments or whenever we were in any sort of medical experience, which is what made my mom the most uncomfortable, they'd be there. They could just feel her need for them and they would be there. And she got to the point where she would be able to ask for them. You know, she knew she could call on them, but she didn't, she couldn't necessarily see them the way I could at first. And she would always ask me and 
asked me if they were, you know, if there were any like messages and, and a lot of times there wasn't a lot of times they were just there for comfort. And that's the first thing I want to share is that a lot of times when you call on your loved ones, even if you can't hear them or see them or have these more sensory experiences of them, you likely can feel them. And that is the primary reason I think they come to be with us is to just give us the comfort of their presence. Trust that when you feel it. Because what will happen is as your brain believes more, the rest of the picture will unfold. And that's what happened with my mom. So she went through with those treatments. She got to the end of her original rounds of chemo, those three months of treatment, and got the hip replacement. And at that point, through follow-up scans, we we were under the impression that she was cancer-free. She was getting her scans done, whatever the schedule was. I think it was three months at the time. No sign of cancer. Everyone was really pleased. And then about a year later, my mom had been having stomach issues that she didn't tell me about, but it got so bad that she called me one night and we went to the ER. And we found out that, in fact, she had tumors in her, what they thought were her ovaries. So they thought that this was a second cancer, a new cancer, which the treatment protocols are different if you have a second cancer that's independent of the first one. And they went through some testing and ultimately found out that it was actually lung cancer, but in her lower part of her body. So in her intestines and her ovaries, which as an aside to me to this day is still very fascinating because it was exactly, the cancer stayed exactly below where the scan line was. So because she had lung cancer and the lung cancer had been contained within the lungs, they scanned from, you know, the top of the lungs down to the middle of the abdomen, I believe, but it was just below that scan line where all the cancer was living. And it ultimately that those tumors grew, they they never were able to, although she went through treatments, they never were able to get her to a point where she was cancer-free again. And she did ultimately cross the following year. And I will tell you that during that time, between when she finished her first rounds of chemo, my brother got married and my cousin got married and her grandchildren got older. And I truly believe that somehow she made an agreement you know, her soul made an agreement, not her her human self, but her soul made an agreement to just shove that cancer down, down, down where it wouldn't be seen and wouldn't be known until she could have the experience of going through these weddings and spending a little more time with her grandchildren. And I'm going to get back to talking to loved ones, but I do want to say to you, you know, I get a lot of questions about why would someone choose cancer? You know, if you believe that all of our life is chosen, that our our experiences are chosen, why would someone choose abuse? Why would someone choose, you know, the horrific things that happen? 
on this planet. And I don't necessarily think all of them are chosen. I think the mystery is so beyond what my human mind could think. But I can tell you for sure that my mom chose for that cancer to be hidden. And her human self definitely didn't. Every single bit of her human self wanted to see her grandchildren grow up. But at some other part of her, some higher self, did understand that she needed to cross. What she later explained to me was that my siblings and I needed to spend more time without her to understand what our lives would become without her here, that we couldn't grow into our full selves with her still here. I mean, that was just a piece of the puzzle. And I don't claim to understand the full mystery of how our higher selves or our souls decide our past, but I can tell you that particular circumstance baffled the doctors. They could not figure out how lung cancer could have metastasized and stayed exactly where it was without any other symptom of it or example of it being somewhere else in the body, especially the lungs. So I just share that because as I was sharing this story with you, I got the the nudge from my team to share that piece of it. And I hope if you're listening and you were the one that needed to hear it, that it brought you I don't know if it would bring you hope, but maybe just some faith in the mystery that we don't necessarily always understand. So in any case, once the cancer was back and she went through treatments and she got to the point where we were told to put, you know, to bring in hospice, which we didn't do at first, by the way. And it wasn't because we weren't listening to the doctors and understanding what they were saying. It was because we still believe that God had the power to heal her. It wasn't likely, we weren't delusional, but we did still think that. And so until the symptoms got so bad that we needed hospice's help, we didn't have that. And that part of the journey was when my mom started to be able to see her own loved ones, to see her mother. She didn't necessarily see them like visually, but she knew when her mother was there, when my grandmother was there. And it was awesome to watch. And as I think about why that was, why was she able to see her towards the end of her life or know she was there towards the end of her life? Because there's lots of stories that people on their deathbed can call out to loved ones and and you know they're speaking to them. Is it that those loved ones are only there then? Um, No, not at all. And is it that she, you know, we are suddenly given special gifts to be able to connect to our loved ones at the end of our lives. I don't really think so. I think what happens is when our brain starts to accept that death is coming, the process that the brain goes through to filter out information that filters out all the communication your loved ones are giving you, it starts to quiet down and settle down because it starts to prepare for a different journey. And as it does, it removes that filter. And now its motivation is maybe curiosity of what's on the other side, or maybe even fear and needing comfort as to that there is another side, right? That there is life after death. And as the brain gets on board with it and those filters lower, that is when beings are able to come through to us in clearer ways. Now, for some people, they don't have that happen until you know their last breaths, 
let's say. And I also think the other side of the veil does some extra magic to just really make themselves clear. Maybe a level of magic that just doesn't, it's not appropriate or wouldn't be a a good use of magic. I don't really know what the rules are, but I sense that. But from that point on, my mother had a an experience of what her mother's energy close to her was. And so she was able to recognize it on a more frequent basis. And then towards the end when she was mostly confined to a bed, I'd say the last three or four weeks, she could see her brothers and she could see her sisters who had crossed over or her sister who had crossed over herself and her parents. And she would tell me what she was seeing and it was beautiful. And so I want to assure you that you can have that experience, right? You can have that experience. Now at first, like I said, it may not be a visual or an auditory experience. It may just be a sense that they're close. And the same rules apply that I've been sharing about spirit guides and angels, which is accept that that's the truth, right? Trust, or if you can't accept it, do a test run like for seven days or 14 days, just assume it is the truth and just watch what happens because I think you'll be amazed. They don't just let you feel their presence. They will send you so many signs to let them know they're close. And this is a great time to either ask for a very personal sign. So I've talked about that in the past. A personal sign would be, let's say, if your grandmother, you want to connect with your grandmother and she baked a certain kind of cookie or made a certain kind of food, ask for that to show up. And maybe you'd see commercials and advertisements or someone would bring it up, right? Or ask for a specific sign. So this may not be something in your relationship to them, but it's so unique that when it shows up, you'll know that they're close. We just had this happen in, it was so fun, in our magic lounge, in our membership, uh, someone asked for purple elephant to appear as a confirmation that what they were asking for was close or I forget spe- their specifics, but they asked for a purple elephant, but they said, I don't want just one purple elephant. I want it to show up three times. And that night, and I ended up watching the show, I think it was um, it was a 911 show. So there's the show 911 and then there's another one based in Texas and it was the Texas one. And they had the woman in the fictional episode, say the word purple elephant over and over and over again to keep her from sneezing. So literally this person chose that as a sign. I mean, that's a pretty crazy sign and said, no, I don't want just one. I want three. I want to know that this is real. And she was sent like 10 or 12. Your loved ones will do that for you. You can ask them for the most outrageous signs. I promise you they'll get them to you. And if you're not seeing them, just remind yourself it's because your brain's filtering them out. The more you remind yourself of that, the less control the mind is going to have on filtering out those messages. And I've talked about why that is in the past. I won't go into those details now. Here's what I can tell you about when my, my, I'm going to be specific to my mother and father. When my mother and father show up, I don't have to call on them. When I do call on them, I can talk to them. But there's been times where I've just been struggling, especially in the last year. You know, just again, reminding you, we're all dealing with the ramifications of being going through a global pandemic. It has traumatized all of us on either minor levels or major levels. 
And those traumas bring up stuff, right? And so they have just been in my face to the point where I've been missing the signs. And my daughter, I, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. My daughter was in the car and she's like, mom, look how crazy this is. There's a shamrock in the truck in front of us. And then there's a shamrock right here. And then we just saw that shamrock and the shamrock is my dad's um, sign to let me know he's closed. One of his signs but I missed all of them. I was just so in my mind and so feeling all the feels that I was feeling at the time, I was missing it, right? So just know they're close and most likely your brain's filtering them out. The more you encourage yourself to know that, the less hold that brain's going to have on blocking those signs and that communication. Now I do, if you want to take this work deeper, I have two resources for you. One is free and one is paid. So I'll start with the paid one. We do have the intuitive immersion starting um, when this episode drops. It'll be starting next week, May 2nd. The first training will drop and then our our weekly coaching and Q&A calls are going to happen on Tuesdays. So the first call will be May 3rd. The first live call will be May 3rd. So you can join that still. And right now it's heavily discounted. So when this program runs again, it's going to be $19.97. We're running it this time at a discount, which I always do when I run something the first time to give you know, the most amount of people an opportunity to join us. And also just know that it's being developed as we go. So you're having that experience. And um, so you've got a heavy discount on that. You can go to pattylinen.com forward slash intuitive immersion and you get that for $1,300 off that price. And then if you're not in a position to invest or you're just not choosing to invest right now, there is a video series that I did a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it here. It's going to be available. It's going to continue to be available. You can watch it on demand. Go to pattylinen.com forward slash tapping intuition. It's a four-part video series I did answering the questions I get the most about how to work with your spirit guides, your loved ones, and your angels. So it's a great free resource. So those two things are available for you right now. And I understand if you need your loved ones close right now, I promise you they are there. I promise you they are there. And I'm setting a strong intention with you. So I'm asking you to join me now with this strong intention that our loved ones make themselves abundantly known to us so that we can feel the comfort and love of them close by. I wish you space for magic this week and throughout the year. Have a wonderful day. Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget, always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.